of something, someone, right? And so what happens is when you suppress the truth and then you ignore revelation, then you end up denying the glory that is due God. And the chief way you deny the glory that's due God is by being unthankful. The truth of God's word can be seen everywhere in the world. You have instincts of morality, even if you've never heard of Jesus. However, the truth can easily be suppressed when whatever is wrong wins in tempting you. You then try to ignore revelation, and as Pastor Daniel will share today, you become ungrateful for what God has already given you. Instead, let the truth of God guide you and thank Him for all He's doing in your life. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Romans chapter 1 as he continues his message. Here's the problem. Did you ever throw a hundred piece puzzle on the ground and it lands in a perfect the puzzle? It never does that. See, people always say, well, I believe in the Big Bang. I believe in the Big Bang too, but the Big Bang happened because there's a big banger. You know what I mean? <laughs> like there's a knock on the door. It's because someone knocked the door, right? And I don't think that's not absurd or illogical. I had someone say to me, your position is totally illogical. I'm like, illogical? I'm like, take the puzzle, throw it down. Is it going to come in a complete puzzle? Like where you see the unicorn and the smiley unicorn. No, it's like you have to put the thing together. When you look at everything, the sun rises, the sun sets, clouds come, it rains. The whole system works and I don't have enough faith to say that that happened by happenstance. Like just, you know, all of the energy in the world was in the size smaller than paper and then all of a sudden the bang happened and everything fit together. Like I can't buy it. But you know what it is. When you want to suppress the truth, you, you begin to ignore revelation. You begin to ignore it. You, like, you see it, but you don't see it. You see it, but you can't fathom what it is. And really what they're saying is that because God is spirit, his invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made. Even the things that have been created, like you and I, we can understand God's invisible attributes, even God's eternal power. So God's all-powerfulness and his It says, in my translation, it says Godhead, which literally means God's nature as God, his Godhoodness. Creation declares the glory of God, right? But what happens is, is because we suppress the truth, we ignore revelation. Now, what's interesting is, is that natural revelation is sufficient to make a person responsible, but actually is still insufficient because it can't accomplish salvation. So when someone says to me, nature is my church, I'm like, you're wrong. Because nature declares God's attributes, but it isn't sufficient to save a person. Right? It's a general revelation, but the gospel's the specific revelation that saves a person. So don't think, and this is a very common thing, because I'm a human, therefore I am entitled to a glorious afterlife of my choosing. That is a lie. 
It's not Starbucks or Burger King. You can't have it your way. You can't choose your own adventure and get whatever dreams may come. For those of you who remember the movie from the 90s, right? You get to have the afterlife you want wrong. There are certain things we don't get to choose. So, but if you suppress the truth, then you ignore revelation. But he doesn't stop there because look what happens next. Verse 21. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened, professing to be wise, they became fools. So first you suppress the truth, and then you ignore revelation, and then finally you deny glory. That's what you do. You deny glory, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful. See, glory is to declare the weightiness of something, someone. Right? And so what happens is when you suppress the truth and then you ignore revelation, then you end up denying the glory that is due God. And the chief way you deny the glory that's due God is by being unthankful. Okay. How are you doing being grateful today? Every single time we are ungrateful, unthankful for the moment that God has given us, for the breath in our lungs, for the ability to even have a relationship with anybody of any sort, that is something that we should be grateful for. And every time we are ungrateful, we deny the glory of God because our lives are a gift. You see, this diagnosis is nasty. I've never met someone who's always grateful. Like, in our modern political climate today, no matter who gets elected, the other 50% who's aggravated is mad at the person who's elected. But when was the last time you were just thankful that you got to vote, even if your candidate didn't win? There's a lot of places in the world they'd love to be able to vote for a candidate. But see, for us, we don't even think about these things. We're just so busy being angry about everything. But here's the thing. When you, when you suppress the truth, that is clearly seen by ignoring revelation, and then you deny the glory that God is due as God, and you're unthankful, look at what happens. You become futile in your thoughts, and your hearts become dark in professing to be wise. You become a fool. That's what it says. And brothers and sisters, right there, that is in three steps. This is the problem. Right as you move from suppressing the truth to ignoring revelation that's clearly seen in creation, then you end up denying God and you become unthankful. Then your thoughts become futile. And because your thoughts are futile, your heart becomes darkened. And then no matter how wise you say that you are, no matter how many degrees you have, how much work experience, how built up your LinkedIn resume is, you're still foolish. And that's a tough spot, isn't it? But guess what? It doesn't stop there. From there, now we've seen these three things that happen, right? And now we see a three-time, three-step process that shows why we are where we are today. The first step is that human beings choose to make an exchange. Because we've done all these things, we've suppressed the truth, we've ignored revelation, we've denied glory, right? Then we make it an exchange, 
right? We change something. And the second step is that God hands us over to the thing that we have chosen. And then the third step is that we end up acting out in real time the decision that we've made in our heart. And this shows really the progression of how sin works. We choose not to do something or believe something that God has told us is true. And when we do that, right, we make a choice. God gives us over to that choice. And then we begin to live out the reality of what that choice is. And we see this now in this next section three times. There's the exchange made. God gives us over. And then we act out in our real lives what this means. Look at how it works. Now, if you wanted to see where it is, the first one is in verses 23 and 24. The second one is verses 25 to 27. And the third one is in verse 28. Now, the verses aren't exactly perfect, but you'll see how we do this. But I know that this is the way this functions because you keep saying that they exchange. We've been given over. We change. There's repetition in the language. So notice the first one in verse 23. It says, actually, I'll start in verse 22. Professing to be wise, they became fools. And they changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds, four-footed animals and creeping things. Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lusts of their hearts to deny their bodies among themselves. So what you find is that once this three-step process has happened, The next thing that goes on is that there is a brokenness in worship. Because we've denied God's glory, then there is now brokenness in worship. They can say, well, Fusco, where'd you get that from? Look at what it says. They change. So that's the exchange. We change the glory of the God who knows no corruption, the perfect God, into an image made like corruptible man. Not only man, but birds, four-footed animals, and creeping things. Really what this speaks about is idolatry, right? Now, don't miss the fact that the problem with humanity is also going to be upward, inward, and outward. Each one of these exchanges leads us in a relationship with God the way we see ourselves in the world. And obviously, the upward one is that there's a brokenness in worship. Because we suppress the truth, because we deny revelation, and because we deny or ignore revelation and we deny glory, because that happens, then we begin to worship the wrong things. It's a worship problem because by nature, we are quote unquote religious people. We are hardwired to worship and you will choose an object to worship. Now you might be saying, well, so Fusco, come on. I mean, we don't really practice idolatry today. (laughs) I love that. Now listen, first off, lots of people have little statues around, lots of them. And let's just be honest, within what you could call Christianity, there's a lot of people with lots of little statues. Lots of them, right? But you go around the world, there's lots of people who still worship statues, animals, all sorts of stuff. You see this stuff, right? But guess what? In our day and age, you realize that a secular humanistic culture, you worship yourself. That's your problem. That's my problem. If I don't allow the incorruptible God to be the center of and the object of my devotion, something else will always be. And maybe you worship yourself by worshiping somebody who you think can make you happy or some money or some promotion, but something always has to take that place. 
And for you and I, all of this leads right to an upward problem, a God relationship problem. And it begins with what we worship. There's a brokenness in worship. Listen to Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 to 6. Remember the Ten Commandments? It began here for a reason. Notice what it says. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods where? Before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in the heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them, nor serve them, for I am the Lord your God, I am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children of the third and fourth generation, to those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me. First, God says, it's, the first commandment is that you only worship the true and living God, and then the second commandment is that you make sure you worship the true and living God in the right way, without idolatry. Now, you got to ask yourself, because listen, I've been a follower of Jesus and a pastor for long enough to realize that idolatry is alive and well in the church of Jesus Christ. We worship positions and titles, and we worship our theological position, and we worship our political persuasions. We worship all sorts of things. But you see what goes on is that because of our common issue as humans, once you begin to suppress truth, And once you ignore revelation and once you deny glory and you start being unthankful, the futility of what goes on in your heart then leads you to a worship problem and brokenness in worship. I'll be honest with you. I am often convicted that when it's time to gather as a church, that one, I can't wait to get in and worship the Lord. And I'm also convicted that so many of us think worship is like the warm-up for the sermon. If we truly never denied God's glory. We would love to worship. Every prayer meeting would be packed with people. Every worship time would be, people would show up early because God is so worthy of worship, isn't he? If we don't suppress the truth, we don't deny God's glory by holding it to ourselves. And if we don't ignore revelation, worship comes flying out of us, no matter how bad your day is. Because you realize who he is. But it, listen, it leads to this exchange. When we get it wrong, we begin to worship the wrong things. But it doesn't stop there. Because then in verse 25, look at what it says. I'll start back in the end of verse 24. Because remember I said the third step is that you end up living it outward. What happens, the internal decision gets lived outwards. Notice how it gets lived outwards, Right? He gave them over to uncleanness. So because we choose not to worship, God gives us over to this uncleanness. And in the lusts of our hearts, in the unchecked desires of our hearts, we begin to dishonor our bodies amongst ourselves. So now we, the exchange is because we won't worship properly, now we start to see our bodies and the union of our bodies with other people in broken ways. And then it goes to the next one. Who exchanged the truth of God, verse 25, for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions. For even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of a woman, burned in their lust for one another, men with men, committing what is shameful, and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. 
So what we have next is first it is a brokenness in worship that leads now there's a brokenness in nature. And I mean nature, not in the created order, although there is brokenness in nature. I mean in the way we see ourselves, human nature. How do I know? In the first exchange, you worship the wrong thing. God gives you over to the uncleanness of your heart, and then you begin to act it out bodily, right? Then it says, because we exchanged the truth of God for a lie, and we worshiped and served what was created, the creature, rather than the creator. Now, Paul has to worship at that point, who is blessed forever, amen, right? So Paul just automatically starts worshiping, because he's not going to deny God's glory, And then for this reason, what happens? God gives them up to vile passions. See, God gives us over to unchecked desires. Desires that are broken. But now he gives us over to them. And when he gives us over to them, then there is a brokenness in nature, in identity. And in a lot of ways, guess what? This is inward, isn't it? Right? The upward is a brokenness in worship, which leads to an identity problem. And in the midst of this identity problem, Paul uses one example, and that is the example of same-sex attraction and homosexuality. Now, I'm going to explain to you why he uses this. But really what goes on is that God gives over to vile passions. And then he says, and I'm just going to read what he says. He says, For even their women exchange the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust for one another. Men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. Now, why is homosexuality used as an example of the brokenness in personal identity? It's simple because God in his creation, he created the male and female. Genesis 1, 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created him. And then verse 28 tells you that God's command to them was to what? Be fruitful and multiply. And so when Paul is seeing the brokenness in a relationship with God, it automatically plays itself out in the an identity brokenness. And we live in a day and age now where this is in full bloom in our culture. Like just a couple uh, last week, it was National Coming Out Day. What was really fascinating to me is, as I was kind of checking out what was going online is the number of young people who, according to all their profiles, they're uh, dating some of the opposite. They all come out as bi because it's popular right now. It's like it's the cool thing. Everyone's gender fluid. Now, you can either A, this doesn't mean that we should hate everybody because hating never saves anybody, right? It doesn't mean that we should judge everybody. But really what you learn from this is what's going on in our culture in this day and age. It's not the problem. It's a symptom of the problem because the problem is a worship problem. And when we choose to not worship the incorruptible God, God gives us over to the brokenness of our heart. And then that giving over now, we see because we will not retain the truth of God, we'll believe a lie. Now God gives us over to these passions. And this reality now is at play in our culture. So here's what I want to tell you. The problem is not legalizing same-sex marriage. The problem is not some political agenda It's a Jesus church problem. Because the reason this happens 
is because God is giving people over to what they want. As for me, when I see what's going on in the culture, unlike a lot of people, I look at what's going on. I say, you know what the problem is? The church is the problem. Because we're so busy fighting about stupid stuff. We're so busy arguing about things that don't matter. And our culture is falling apart. And if we would just read Romans 1, what you realize is, is all the little squabbles that go on, the church is so busy infighting that we're actually not salt and light in the world. And the reason people are being ushered into gender fluidity and identity problems is because people don't know the true and living God. And we fight about it. We think that if we give money to political campaigns, that's going to change anything. And I'm here to tell you, it won't change anything. You can legalize it and legalize things or made things illegal will not change a person's heart. God does that. And the problem for you and I, my friends, if I can be so bold on my soapbox right now, is that none of us want to do any evangelism. None of us want to get to know people. None of us want to go and embrace somebody in the full blossom of their brokenness just the way Jesus embraced me. When I was in the pit, stoned, drugged up, all broken and mangled with a million mistakes, Jesus reached on down and grabbed hold of my life. And I'm so grateful. And there were some believers who joined me there. Not like me, but found me there and loved me and nurtured me. And the only reason I'm here today is because the church got off of its butt and got into the community and stopped being political and wrong, but actually was the hands and feet of Jesus. So what we have in our culture today, my friends, it should make sense to us that this is happening. It shouldn't shock us because a worship problem leads to a nature problem, an identity problem. And the reason Paul says that doing what is against nature is because although we can make the case that relationships are not only about procreation, that is a part of this thing. You know, and I don't want to give you a birds and the bees talk, but you know, God, you know, you know the story. I came so close to going there with you guys. But if you want to, Annabelle will explain it to you. She's four. She understands. She's like, boys have this and girls have this, you know, and she understands it. And so you can talk to my four-year-old. She'll explain it to you. And if my four-year-old can get it because that's the way biology works. Now, you can make the case and some people say, well, technology doesn't dictate that you need to. That's what it's all about today. I'm not saying that that's what it's all about. But listen, if Adam and Eve didn't have different body parts, none of us would be here. Does it make sense? So there is a natural order to the way the God of creation created everything. Now, it doesn't mean we should hate people who are same-sex attracted. It doesn't mean we should judge them. It doesn't mean we should look down on them and say, oh, you're, you know, really what it is, is that's a symptom of a worship problem. And there's nothing worse. I mean, you all know this. You go to the doctor, they treat the symptoms. You want to get the root cause treated, don't you? Because they give you one medicine, they treat that thing, but it gives you 97 side effects. They give you nothing. But if you can heal that one thing, then everything else gets fixed. So we don't want to make the mistake of going after the wrong stuff. Jesus is real. Pastor Daniel jumped headfirst into some touchy subjects today, but for good reason. He wanted you to discover the truth found in God's Word. And the truth of sin can be boiled down to a main cause, a problem with worship. If you're truly focusing your life on Jesus and worshiping Him with all you are and in all you do, there won't be much room left for sin of any kind. Jesus changes your perspective. He changes your life. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram have become a regular part of our everyday lives. 
And we want to be sure to encourage you to check out Pastor Daniel's Facebook page, Twitter feed, and Instagram. Log on to JesusIsRealRadio.com and follow the links. Pastor Daniel shares two-minute video messages throughout the week on his Facebook page. Log on to JesusIsRealRadio.com and follow Pastor Daniel. Hey, this is Josh, and I wanted to personally thank you for listening today to Jesus Is Real Radio. Did you know that Pastor Daniel also has a TV program? It's called Real with Daniel Fusco. I want to encourage you to go to JesusIsRealRadio.com, click on the Stations option in the main menu, and find out if Real with Daniel Fusco airs on a TV station in your area. Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time as Pastor Daniel will remind you that God doesn't need your help in judging people. In fact, Jesus taught his followers not to judge others until they've removed sins from their own lives. Placing yourself above someone else will never win you favor in their eyes and definitely won't represent Jesus well. Let the perfect Savior take care of passing judgment. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. On behalf of Pastor Daniel and the entire production team, we invite you to join us again for the next edition of Jesus is Real Radio.